working as a peace officer for a little over 25 years, you, you learn a lot about people. But one of the most important things I ever learned was uh, you got to treat people with respect, regardless of what what you encounter. I'm, I'm not trying to uh, pretend that I was the coolest guy or the smartest or the best or anything, but I, every every time, man, I, I hit the road, I just said, Dear Lord, help me make the right choices, the right, and don't screw it up, man, because anybody at any given day can kick your ass, man. This is Talk Blocked, anecdotal amusement for your ear holes. I'm your host, Cody. With me always is Steve-O. How doing? Aloysius Copernicus Bartholomew. The third. I feel like these days, police have kind of gotten a bad rap, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, there's a, a lot of bad things going around in the media these days with them all. You ever get pulled over by a cop? Yeah. Recently? Yeah. Well, it's a couple years. It was uh, relatively recently, a few years ago. How'd that go? Um, I tricked the cop into searching my car, actually. You did some Jedi mind stuff I did. He he uh, accused me of having, having uh, drugs for some reason, even though I was completely clean and was completely sober and I had a bunch of a uh, really gross fast food wrappers in the back and I looked at the back and I said well why don't you search my car that officer and I watched him get kind of upset and um, when I just volunteered to search my car and I saw that he, he knew that I didn't and then I asked him if he could throw away my fast food wrappers while he was doing <laughs> it and then he kind of uh, kind of chuckled and asked me how my day was going it actually turned out well but uh that's that's my I don't get pulled over very often I don't ever I drive an Acura <laughs> mid-size so yeah this is when I was sedan. this is when I was driving my 1989 Ford Probe so I was, everyone thought I was a meth dealer yeah I don't ever get pulled over it's pretty much the most inconspicuous car you can have well I drive a you know a 10 year old Mazda now so I don't get pulled over anymore either plus I'm Asian so it's you know oh that's true I'm not running into that a whole lot well I know this cop and he's a good cop I met him a couple years ago, um, you know, through a friend. We'd always be at this pizza place, and he'd always stop by in his patrol car, always going in to get free pizza slice. <laughs> Showing his badge. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember seeing him all the time, and he was a super friendly, happy-go-lucky guy. Like, oh. the antithesis of what most people think. That's good. You That's know, good. I like cop, that. So. I like to hear that. Joe began to explain why most police officers tended to have this bad reputation. Well... Unfortunately, uh, there are a lot of buttholes because I worked with some, <laughs> and I can tell you, I had friends that worked for uh, the PD for the sheriffs. I had friends that worked in different uh, police agencies, and everyone is different. But a lot of uh, peace officers have this uh, chip on their shoulder, and they do have a tendency, some of them, to treat people like dirt. Do you ever have like a really bad day at work? All the time. Just nightmare. Yeah. What do you do when you wanna when you get home? So when I get home, how do you unwind? Typically, alcohol more likely than not beer is involved. In my, in my a little life. Chardonnay. A little Chardonnay. Yeah, a little, a little uh, nightcap. A little Grandpa's cough syrup, you know, just to okay. help me out a little bit. So so Joe is having a really bad day. Apparently there were younger people involved in a, an auto accident. So my man was having a really bad day. Just wanted to get out of there and uh, throw back a cold one. Yeah, I, w I would want four cold ones, probably. Or six. Yes. Or eight. 
warm ones of scotch. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Don't know. Well, we get to the uh, scene and it's just a major, it's like a catastrophe. There's two, I believe it was two or three confirmed at the time that they were dead. They were young kids, they were just teenagers, basically. Maybe one or two were just brand new adults. And that's that's the worst to see anybody uh, dead at the scene, especially young young folks. My job was to to respond and assist the uh, coroner's office after getting all the measurements, after getting all the information, close to 9:30, 10 o'clock. On the way uh, back to the office, I get the word that I have to the coroner had responded or requested that I respond to assist them because I was one of the few guys who could speak Spanish. What was supposed to be the end of his shift ended up being a really long night as Joe ended up having to go out there and deliver this horrible news to the parents. Worst uh, parts of this job is when you go and knock on the door and have to um, notify the parents, you know, uh, you know what, we're here to let you know that your son or your daughter was killed in an accident and all hell breaks loose the majority of the times. When Officer Joe got back to the station, the chief told him he needed to work well into the night and handle the rest of the reports. At this point, it was already around 1 a.m., so he had a small window of time left to grab that six-pack before the 2 a.m. cutoff time. He faced a serious dilemma. How was he going to get that six-pack of beer when he was still on duty? It's not like an officer in uniform can just walk into a convenience store and buy a six-pack. That would be pretty ridiculous. It was a little uh, 7-Eleven or uh, Circle K, I don't recall which one it was. And I asked a the young lady there, you know, I need to buy a six-pack of uh, a beer. And she looked at me kind of puzzled as, are you kidding me? I said, no, I'm not kidding you. I said, I just, I know where your cameras are, just get the beer and put it in the trunk of the patrol car where you, I'm not going to be seen doing that. You're not going to be seen doing anything, so... It's just going to appear in the trunk of the uh, police car. At any rate, got the beer, came back to the put it in the office uh, fridge. No one was there except me. And the coroner uh, arrived later, but she had no idea what was going on. At around 3.30 in the morning, Joe finally finished up his reports and was looking forward to getting out of there and popping open one of those cold ones. On my way home, I just uh, said, I'm not going to wait, man. I'm going to pop crack one of these puppies open right now, which I did. And on my way home, I passed a local uh, sheriff, and I was actually flying. I was going pretty fast, but I was not, obviously I wasn't under the influence. I had just opened the first one, took a good, nice sip right down about half of it, put it between my legs, and I saw him. By the time I saw the patrol car, he put his lights on because I was going fast. We were going in opposite directions, but he put the radar on me. You ever wonder what happens when cops get pulled over by other cops? I didn't think that was physically possible. I thought that would disrupt the space-time continuum. Well, I thought that maybe they had like little like stickers of code on their cars or on Ooh, the windows. So when yeah. the cops saw that, like stone cutters, <laughs> that they would just... Like, like we're in the club. It's a preconceived notion that they would know that or so. oh, we're, we're in the well, like a like a Vulcan hand signal kind of a thing going on. Yeah, so you yeah. know what you're dealing with. Well, apparently, my man Joe, when he gets pulled over, uh, didn't turn out so well. Oh. 
I slowed down immediately and pulled over. He made a quick U-turn. He came up, came up to me like white Earp, man. He got out of his, his car and he came up to me. Now I'm in civilian clothes. I do have my, my gun with me. I have my identification, everything, but I do have a beer between my legs. When he came up to the window, I just uh, cracked the window open a little bit because some of those guys had a bad habit of trying to open the door. I know how they work, and I didn't want him to open the door. I didn't want him to be surprised. I just told him, I was trying to tell him that I was a, a, a peace officer just like him. I'd just gotten off of work, and so on and so forth. Then he immediately focused right on the beer that was between my legs. At which time I try to, hey man, I uh, I have my gun here. I'm a I'm a peace officer like you, and I showed him my ID and all that. And he almost quickly, he's not looking at anything but between my legs. Is it, man? You just told me you're a, a a peace officer. You just got off of work, and you got a lot of nerve. What's that between your legs? And I just made a gesture with my fingers, and I separated about a foot and a half. I said, it's same thing you got, but mine's about this big, dude. Of course, I was trying to tell him, trying to be funny, trying to change his attitude uh, that, you know, my pecker was a lot longer than his, and he just went off the deep end. It turned out this sheriff happened to be only a part-time reserve, so he kind of had a chip on his shoulder, and the way Joe explained it, he kind of had something to prove. And he was not very happy. He started trying to open the door. Get out of the car. I said, I'm not getting out of the car. Anyway... We started talking, and I said, man, call your supervisor or somebody, man. I'm not getting out of the car. Then he had the nerve to tell me, you need to open up, the, open the door and uh, get your beer, the one that's open, and dump it out. And I told him, dude, I'm not going to dump the beer out, man. I'm going to drink this motherfucker. <laughs> and, and I did. I downed it, and I said, okay, that's it. I put it down. And by then, he's livid. He's pissed off. But luckily, the guy that showed up, I was basically brand new in, in this area, and I just, uh, in my new area where I was working, and he, uh, I just recognized a deputy from going to court a couple of times, and he says, hey, man, you, you work out there for such and such? I said, yeah, I do. I just got off of work. He said, well, this guy says you're being totally uncooperative, and I said, I, I'm not trying to be uncooperative, but he, th th this guy's like Wyatt Earp, man. He was like shaking with his gun hand is you know the weapon right on the weapon and just totally and i i could understand that i said but i had shown him my id i said i told him where i was going but he was too busy looking at my my beer between my legs and he's just shaking his head and said hey no problem man just be safe go home and blah 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 and that was basically it steve yes have you ever quit a job and just gone out with guns blazing Fuck this place. Um, yeah, I have. When I, um, my, I, I was working at a drugstore for a, for a couple of years in my, in my very early 20s, and I was getting ready to, to move to the, to the East Coast, and I had already put in my notice, and I think I, I actually had two or three days left, and I, I didn't get along with one of my managers, and um, I, I don't remember how it started, but he, he then told me he was... He touched you he, appropriately? Well, with his eyes. And he... He, he got verbally abusive, because I think I sassed him, knowing me, to begin with. And he launched on it. And then I, I eventually had him accusing me of worshipping Satan, which is true. 
And then he told me he was going to take me outside and, and, and teach me a lesson. And I, and I was I burst up laughing and I, and I walked out the door. And then I moved away like right after that. But it felt really good just to just to the middle. Like not even my shift wasn't over. I just said, yeah, well, have a good night. Did and I walked you? out. Yes. Terribly. Joe the cop. Joe the cop. He, uh, he was transferring departments. As you do. Moving to another part of the state. Okay. So he was kind of in that I don't give a shit mode. So he kind of wanted to, to go out with a bang. Apparently there was this kid in the neighborhood that was bugging him. He wanted Joe the cop to do a favor for him. Oh. Help him catch the eye of a, of a swooning young lady. Well, yeah, well, a cop. They like a man in uniform, don't they? So he tried and help help him out. That's good. That's good. Tried to bro him out, <laughs> not talk block him. Not talk block him. The opposite. So there was once uh, again, thirty plus years ago, man, ricking some of the surface streets that we uh, were responsible for, and there was this one spot where there was a, a four-way stop intersection. And about not even halfway down the block, there was this kid by the name of Ernesto. <laughs> he he came out, uh, and every time he'd see my police car there, he'd approach me and talk to me. A very jovial kid, very intelligent, very happy. Every day, I mean, I, that I was that I would see him. He, I never saw him upset. I never saw him angry or bummed about anything everything was just fun 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 and laughing and joking he was in the fourth grade so i want to say he was a about nine nine or ten years old let's say he was ten or, or even nine he was just a little kid and a school bus would almost guaranteed at about uh, 2 45 3 o'clock the school bus would pull up and ride in front of the patrol car where i would could observe the intersection and then check out the bus and so on the kids, it would be first the elementary school kids or the younger kids get off the bus and then they would bring some other kids that were junior high and high school. And this kid, he would bug me just about every time. I, I, I even hated to go work there because there he comes. Didn't take five, ten minutes. There he was talking to me, always talking to me. Young Ernesto had his eyes set on a specific young lady named Bertha. Now, it turns out Bertha was a lot older than Ernesto, so he really had to do something special to grab her attention. Like in high school, I think she was at least in the 10th or 11th grade. Pretty well-developed young lady, very good-looking young kid. He begged me to allow him to use the outside speaker in the police car. And I had to explain, we can't do that, man. I don't know, you know, I honestly didn't trust what he was going to say because he was so silly. He's always yelling at other kids, and he would cuss him, say a few cuss words, and I'd tell him, hey, you shouldn't be cussing, and so on and so forth. And he says, I would just want to say hi to my friend. But nonetheless, I didn't trust him to say, uh, uh, I was afraid he would say something dumb over the, the loudspeaker, or worse yet, he pressed the button that uh, went directly to the dispatch. With this being Joe's last week, he finally caved in and decided he was going to give Ernesto his big shot. At any rate, I gave in, the bus pulls up, he's got the mic in his hand, he's just waiting. You hear the bus pull up, the, the, the air brakes, Psst, just go ahead and don't say anything dumb. Just say hi to your friend and that's it because um, you, you just, uh, 
I, you can't be using this micro, microphone. Okay, okay, Joe, no, no problem. No problem. <laughs> and uh, as soon as this gal comes out, she is dressed really nice and all that, showing off everything she had. Mind you, this is high school. But even as far back as 20, 30 years ago, you know, these little girls, a lot of them are just like uh, any other kid. But anyway, this little guy just gets a phone and he yells out over the microphone. You could hear it because I saw him pushing the button for the outside speaker. And he yells out, hey, Bertha! Everybody stops. She turns around and smiles. And he grabs his little crotch and he goes, hey, chupa mi camote! Spanish translation. Chupa mi camote. <laughs> Let's break this down. Yes. Chupa. Chup, chupar is. From the, yes, the root <laughs> verb chupar. To chupar. To. It's, a, it's not related to Chewbacca as one would think. No, no it's, a, it's a verb. It's, it is a verb. It means to suck, I believe. To suck, yes. And uh, me, obviously. Yeah. Is me. There's nothing fancy there. Camote is, is is unique because the literal translation is yam. <laughs> it's true. It is yam. It is. It is yam. I've worked in kitchens and they do say that. that yeah, is... Usually you refer to uh, like a, a hot girl's boyfriend. You call him like, hey, what's up with your camote? <laughs> so in this instance, I don't think he was talking about it was his own what's up with your boyfriend. He was talking about his own sweet potato. I mean, he was grabbing his nether regions. So. <laughs> And I said, oh my gosh, I mean, I opened the door, I almost knocked his little butt down and I grabbed the mic. I said, you, well, I, wanna, I don't want to tell you what I said, you little, I cussed him out in Spanish, some, so to speak. And um, that was pretty embarrassing, but uh, everybody heard it. And that was just like the talk of the town, that he got to say hi to his friend Bertha, but <laughs> grabbing his little crotch and uh, saying, hey, Bertha, chupa mi camote. Talk Block is hosted by me, Cody. With me always is Steve-O, my brother from another gutter. Make sure to check us out on the Twitter at TBlocked. If you want to be on a future episode of Talk Blocked with us, check out our website, talkblocked.com, and share your story.